In today's show, there are 11 games in the NBA, so we're going to talk about them. All 11 of them, interesting stuff right across the board, and Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at at basketballmonster.com. And you can find me on Twitter, as always, at RedRock underscore Beeble, on TikTok, at RedRock underscore Beeble, on Instagram, at LockedOnFantasyBasketball, and Substack, JoshLloyd48.Substack.com. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNBA. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first, li- first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. So we did a show a stream show for Thursday, three games on. Wow, lots of opportunities. San Antonio, Sohan's out, Pirtle's out. Let's go and have a look at uh, Kata Bates' D up. Well, Warney, what do you think about that one? Let's get it on, Gilly. Ha <laughs> 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 ha. created a bloody graphic. Man, uh, Bates' D up. Great stream. 30 minutes, and he's out as well. So the Spurs are going to be without Bates' D up, Sohan, Pirtle, and Devin Vassell, most likely. So there are big opportunities for guys like Isaiah Roby. Zach Collins, Josh Richardson, Trey Jones and Keldon Johnson, obviously. But they're just an absolute skeleton team. They've won like one game about over the last month. They're shit house, And there are just weird rotation things happening all the time. Like Charles Bassey might get good minutes. Googie Jeng might get minutes. Dominic Barlow might play. Yeah. Alizé Johnson might have to play. Yeah, so even the streams that we're streaming in for the guys that were out are out. I think Richardson and Roby are probably two guys to look at. Maybe Johnson, maybe McDermott, but it's just a mess there on that team. Jimmy Butler, I thought, would be ready to go for Miami. He's not. He's questionable. Doesn't mean he's not going to play, but questionable is a bit troublesome again. Came back, played one game, missed the next one, and is questionable again. Yikes. Gabe Vincent's out once more for Miami, which obviously helps the value of the other guards. Struess, um, uh, Martin, hero to a lesser extent, he's going to get his anyway. Bad news on Tyrese Maxey, still not jumping, and they said he's still a ways away. So I'm going to take that to be minimum two weeks, maybe three weeks. That keeps the value of Melton up as a 12-team league guy, most likely, and Milton is more of a 14. And someone said, hey, there are people who are listening to this show who aren't English speakers, and the Melton-Milton thing is confusing. And thank you for pointing that out. I should be better with that. Um, So it probably, let's try that again. It probably leaves DeAnthony Melton as a guy you keep for 12-team leagues, and Shake Milton as more of a 14-team league guy. Whereas when Tyrese Maxey does return, then De'Anthony Melton would likely go to a fringe 12-team role, and Shake Milton will go to a 16-team league role, most likely. So I apologize for that. Good news, The Rock DJ. Rock DJ. Robbie Williams. What were you saying? 10 to 12 days, and maybe earlier. I still think he'll be relatively limited for a few weeks at least, 
and won't play back-to-backs all season. So I don't think he's going to hit the same heights that he did last season. I'd imagine with his knee, he'll be a little bit more cautious in going for blocks as well. So that's something to watch. The addition of other high-usage, high-assist players like Brogdon and White to this team, meaning that some of the assist value that Williams was getting might drop a little bit too, but still going to be really valuable. We hope that he doesn't hurt himself again. We, we Fingers crossed on that stuff. We hope he's not too rusty, but it looks like we're going to get Rob Williams back really, really soon. If for some reason he's still on your waiver wire, go and grab him now. You have, have to. He cannot be sitting on any waiver wires um, at this point. Absolutely has to be rostered everywhere um, with that return coming in about two weeks' time. We did the waiver wire show earlier today, so we're not going to do the most added and most dropped players in this part of the show as we normally would. We're going to move straight on and look at the games because there are 11 of them. The first game up, the Clippers lose to the Magic in overtime. 116-111. Let's start with the fun guy, Kawhi Leonard. I'm a fun guy. <laughs> um, okay. Some real positive signs here. He played 29 minutes in regulation and then came in for the final one-plus minute of overtime. So he did it. He hit 30 minutes. Took two games to get there. I have never seen a bigger green flag in my life. Now, does that mean that he's not going to get hurt again? Of course not. Does it mean that he's going to be back to his old self? It's not even close. But it means he's playing 30 minutes literally already after two games from the ankle sprain. He is going to sit the back-to-back tomorrow. He still is nowhere near his best. 14-7 and on 27% shooting. Three assists. But after a lot of early pain, there is a real chance that Kawhi Leonard come fantasy playoffs is dropping in top 25 numbers. That is a real possibility. I'm not expecting it, but two weeks ago, I would have said there's no way. There is no way that he is giving you that value, right? What a screw-up this is. this whole thing has been suggesting to draft him. The whole situation has been a disaster and a complete mistake. And now I look at it and go, oh, over oh, at 30 already, are we? All right, let's go. Let's see what happens from here on out. Paul George, I don't think we'll play tomorrow, but he had 33 minutes here. 11, 7, and 5 is still on a block on 25%, but it was a big Terrence Mann game. When you see big games, what do you always want to look at? Percentage. He shot 70%. So they, that's how you know it's fake. right? So you look at that and go, that's a great game. And he did play well. And the 37 minutes is great because there was no Morris, there's no Wall, there's no Powell. Tomorrow, there's probably going to be no Kawhi, no George. So there will be an extra opportunity for him. But he might play 37 minutes tomorrow and score 12 points. He's a great, an excellent stream Terrence Mann is for tomorrow because of those presumed absences. But after that, no. Nick Batum was also amazing. 16, 4, and 5. With four triples, don't he might not play tomorrow. I don't know, because Canard's also coming back. And we know that Batum is old. He was really good in this game. Well, Covington also played 25 minutes. Did his thing. He had a uh, an unconventional Richie Benno. Two for two, two, two. Richie Benno is normally two threes, two steals, two blocks. But this was two threes, two rebounds, two assists, and two blocks. He had a steal as well. Pretty solid game there. Well, Reggie Jackson, man, holy shit, he cannot shoot. 15 points on 20% shooting with one rebound and three assists. He's a stream for tomorrow, but Wall will be, be Wall will be back. It's just really hard to trust Reggie to do anything on really any sort of consistent basis. At this point, it's, he's just a stream guy, and I don't really see what else he does. But the magic, you know what it is. I said some stuff on Twitter this morning. Someone was asking, yeah, Bumba or Wagner? I said, I think Mo Wagner is a better player than Mo Bumba. And then I looked at it and went, oh, is that, am I being hot takey? Do I actually believe that? And I go, yeah, I do believe it, but how realistic is it? 
I think it's pretty realistic. 20 and 13, two steals, a block, 54% for Mo Wagner. Played 36 minutes while Mo Bumba played 17. Now, Mo Wagner is a top 70 player over the last week. There is no way that this is going to stick long-term because Wendell Carter is going to return. But if they're going to persist with big, and I don't know that they do because when Suggs comes back, when Harris comes back, you could easily see Wagner just moving to the bench. But I think he might be okay. I think it's not the worst move to add him in. If you've got Bamba, I would switch Bamba for Wagner very quickly. I just don't think Mo Bamba's a good player. He's not an impactful NBA player. I don't think. It was a good game from Bowl because he'd been struggling. 20-9, and nine, two steals, two blocks. 64% shooting. Good game. Still think he's a sell high, but that's a good game. While Bunkero had 23-5. and five, Not a great game from Paolo, but hit those key free throws late, was 13 to 14 from the line. And that's been one of the things that's really dragged his value down, his high volume and bad and below average free throws. And that has really dragged down what he's been able to do. But he got it going there, and that's awesome to get those numbers going. Bit of a rough night for Franz Wagner. Just 15 and 6, 32% shooting from the field, 67 from the line. It is a bit of a buy low for him. He is top 80 on the season. Sorry, top 85. I think that's probably fair enough as to where he sits for the year, but 144th over the last week. And then Markel Fultz stunk. Like, it's terrible. 28 minutes. That's encouraging. One point. And that one point was like a key free throw right at the very end of the game. One point. Four assists. Missed all four of his shots. It stunk. It was bad. He was really bad in this game. But he's been good in most of the other ones. So if I did add, what we talked about with these Magic Point guards is saying, I think they're all going to be up and down. Fultz is probably the guy I prefer as a 100 to 120 range player. Um, but there'll be nights when it looks like Anthony. There'll be nights when it looks like Suggs. But I think Fultz is still probably the answer. So if you do have him, that should have been your expectation. Understand there will be stinkers. And if he pops up three in a row like this, you go, okay, well, maybe not. And what you want to watch is where the minutes go. Does he lose his starting spot? Does he lose playing time? Because that didn't happen. So I think he's a hold, but also your expectations on what his overall ceiling is shouldn't be that he's a top 100 player. You shouldn't consider him to be that guy. This was a stinker though. Cole Anthony had 13 points in 27 minutes. Of course, I was on 39%. I just don't really see the upside in him because he's not a high assist player. He's a poor efficiency player. And that's always going to hamstring your overall upside uh, for fantasy basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. If you're a small business and you're hiring people for your company, you know how stressful it can be, how important it is. It's costly when you get it wrong. You've got to be 100% certain you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. And you go in and create the job. It's so easy. It's so quick. It's so simple. And when you do that, you go onto your LinkedIn profile and you add the purple hashtag hiring frame. And that tells people that you are looking to hire people. Using simple tools like the screening questions, you can make it easy to focus on candidates who have just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, game two. All right, the Knicks, 113. The Hawks, 89. Big blowout win for the Knicks. Hawks lost the third starter in this game, DeJounte Murray. Hurt his ankle early in the game, played only four minutes, stepped on RJ Barrett's foot and never returned. With him out, 
Aaron Holiday, they don't think it's serious. Let's go back to DeJounte, sorry. They don't think it's serious. He didn't, he's not going to have imaging done. Maybe it's a game or two, thankfully. Aaron Holiday played 30 minutes, 7-4-4 four four with two blocks. I could not care less. I'm not adding Aaron Holiday in 12-team leagues, probably not 14-team leagues. Trey Young, still not really at his best, is he? 19-4-6, one of two from the line. No threes, no defensive stats. There's a bit of a buy low here on Trey, but it's been really disappointing. And then Clint Capella, the uh, the old man, the uh, the the Kerner. Lisa needs braces. Only 22 minutes for him, 13 and 11. But a Kongwu played more minutes, but couldn't really do that much. 10 and 6 with a block, really hard to hold a Kongwu. Shit game from AJ Griffin, really bad. Nine points, one rebound, two assists. Second game in a row of sub 30% shooting. He hit 23%. I do believe that sticking with him is probably the right move. Um, despite these inefficiencies. While Jalen Johnson, I think he's still a 12-team league guy too. He fouled out in just 14 minutes. Six and three with a with a six and three with a triple. I think they're both 12-team league holds. Long term, no. But they both are. But neither of them were as bad as what Bogdan Bogdanovich was. 25 minutes for him. Nine points on 19%. At least he played 25 minutes, but the shooting was terrible. It's gonna take a little bit of time to get there, and I'm not sure how high his overall upside is. I think he is still a 12-team league guy for now, but I don't think he's got particularly high upside. Jazza Holiday played 24 minutes for five points. Oh, mate, Vic Krejci also played 14 minutes for seven points. Hit a couple of threes. For the Knicks, let's start with Quentin Grimes. Grimey was great here. 31 minutes, 23 points. What do we do? We look at the shooting. 73%. Yeah, not real. Five threes is nice. Two blocks is nice. He was the 209th player over the last week before this game. This is good. Don't run to grab him. The minutes are enticing. He will have the occasional good game. It just won't happen often enough. And I talked about him on the waiver wire show earlier today saying, he, yes, he's a 14-team league guy. And I stand by that. This is a 12-team league line without a shadow of a doubt. It's a brilliantly good line. But it doesn't happen often enough for him to be a guy where I just grab him and go, all right, let's go. Because I think there's going to be too many ups and downs and too many games where he doesn't see the ball enough. And this is also a weird game where Jalen Brunson played only 26 minutes and had eight points, and yeah, just things like that make it weird. Thibodeau's going to the nine-man rotation. Two guys out of the rotation, Cameron Reddish, who apparently is looking to trade, and Derek Rose is out of the rotation. I told you to watch um, Juice McBride the other day. I am going to drop a deuce on everybody. Yeah, he played 27 minutes. I, yeah, I think he's a good player. Three points, six assists. He's, that's not great, but in a 20-team league, an 18-team league, I'd grab him. I would grab him. I think there's a little bit of something there in Juice to um, fantasy-wise, steals, assists. All that shit is really valuable. And if Juice, he's not going to play 27 minutes a night. Like, we know that. But this is why I'm talking about deeper leagues. But the fact that he's going to get regular minutes and he's going to be available, like, everywhere, then you've got to pay some attention to that. Mitchie Robinson had 8 and 10 in 26 minutes. While Rowan Barrett, this is this, this is Rowan Barrett, isn't it? 15 and 7, no assists, one steal, zero blocks, 31 from the field and 71 from the line. It could not get more Rowan Barrett than that line. And you know the story. If you want points, sure, but be prepared to deal with the other nonsense that he brings because that's just consistent. Hardenstein had 4 and 5. Yeah, look, it's just not going to happen. I don't think for him in this low usage role while quickly had 8 points in 25 minutes. It started off the season really well for quickly, uh, for Hardenstein. And he was doing his little thing in bench minutes and playing more than Robinson. But that has completely disappeared ever since Robinson got hurt. And then looks like Hartenstein got hurt as well with some level of um, Achilles pain, unfortunately for him. 
Lakers, Raptors. Raptors win it 126-113. Let's start on the Lakers side. There was no LeBron. There was no Anthony Davis. So it's very predictable. 32 minutes for Tom Bryant, 16 and 5, two steals and two blocks. Great. People will add him. I don't think that Anthony Davis' illness is going to last a long time. What you need to watch for is the person who goes and grabs him now after this game, who do they drop? Because I don't think that adding Thomas Bryant, unless you've just got using a streaming spot and thinking that Davis is going to miss another game through illness, Bryant has no chance, absolutely zero chance of this production sticking. None whatsoever. None. Not a single chance. Okay? It is only when Davis is out that he is worth a grab. That is it. And the same goes with Dennis Schroeder, who had 18-5-3. And you go, ah, that's pretty good. 50% shooting, 7 of 7 from the line. But remember, the problem with Schroeder is he stands around. He doesn't touch the ball when he's playing with Westbrook and Davis and LeBron. And two of them are out here. So it stands to reason that he would play better. Do not fall for it. Do not add him in 12-team leagues outside of, hey, a streamer type. Don't, don't have the faith in Schroeder. Westbrook really missed an opportunity to capitalize here. Shit from the field and the line. 39 and 71. He had 16, 9 and 4 overall. While the other starters, Austin Reeves had 10, 2 and 3. Toscano Anderson suffered what looked like a pretty bad ankle injury. Three points in 16 minutes. Also, uh, Lonnie Walker. Hello. Yeah, as Dennis Green would say, you are who we thought you were. Bad. 12 points on 31% shooting. Three rebounds. Zero assists. Zero steals. Zero blocks. He's now outside the top 125 for the season. He's outside the top 135 for points leagues. And you do not have to roster Lonnie Walker. Get that garbage out of here! In general, when someone shows you who they are for four straight seasons, just believe it. And remember that when we talk about some other players later on. Believe it. That He'll be better than this. I've got no doubt in that. But he's also not going to be able to get by on a higher usage diet of... 10, 12 percentage point better shooting that he did early in the year. When you offer nothing else, when it goes away, everything goes away. So I don't really believe that he's a must-roster player. I think pretty clearly. Well, pretty clearly that I don't believe that. Whether you think it's clear that he's a must-roster player, that's your call, but that's how I view it. Pascal Siakam, 32 minutes, 25, 10 and 7 with two steals. He just continues to be really good. While if if you said someone shot 40% from the field... You wouldn't go, let's go, the shooting's back. But you do with Fred VanVleet because he was hitting 20% of the shots and ended up with 25, 4, and 7. Now, VanVleet himself said, hey, there's shit going on off the court here that's impacting me. So that's, you never want to hear that for not because you, know, you care for other people, but also because you know that that's not a quick fix necessarily. But this is encouraging. It's really encouraging. The buy low might still be open. I don't know. Maybe not. It's a good game. Barnsley had 13 and 17 with four assists. It's not, not great, but it's okay. And Ananobi had 23 and 6 on some subpar shooting. It was a good game from the wiki Chris Boucher. 25 minutes, 16 and 7. That's really good. He's still outside the top 200 over the last week. And I just can't rely upon him to be a 12-team league guy. While Gaz Trent played 33. That is really encouraging. If Gaz Trent's a 30-minute-a-night player off the bench, he is a 12-team league player. Now, there's going to be issues with him for sure. He had 18 points. He's never going to be a rebound or assist player. But he had two steals and two threes. The problem might lie when, say, Porter and Achua come back is that he can't play 33 off the bench. Because if he's a 25-minute-a-night-off-the-bench guy, 27, it's really tough to have him as a 12-team league player. If he's playing 33 because the guy starting is Coloco and fouling out in 20 minutes, then there is value in Trent. That's what we want to watch. And 33 minutes is enough to hold him. Coincidentally, Christian Coloco fouled out in 22 minutes. He had one point 
in that time. He did block four shots, but missed all three of his shots. He's doing the biggest pressure to Chura impersonation I've seen. A big man who cannot finish two-pointers. I don't know why it's happening, but it's happening, and it's happening relatively consistently. The next game up, the Brooklyn Nets, after having a big lead, end up sort of choking it away, but getting the victory... What was the final score? 122-116. Just got an update here. Paul George is going to play tomorrow. Wow. Okay. Wild. Paul George said he's going to play. Paul George also said that his hamstring issue was fine and he wasn't going to miss any time. And then he was back in two weeks. But he said he's going to play tomorrow. So there you go. Update on my earlier statement on the Clippers. For the Hornets, it was huge minutes for Kelly Oubre. 41 of them. He had 28 points, two steals, a block. He's playing at quite a high level. He's still not inside the top 100 for category leagues, but he's well inside it for points leagues. And the absence of Haywood and Martin prolongs his value. I think when you hit fantasy playoffs, he might not be useful, but that, who cares? That's a long way away. And, you know, I didn't expect, I was going to say I didn't expect Haywood to get injured, but of course I did. I just didn't know when it would happen. I thought Lamella would be back and that would have hurt Ubre. But no, he just keeps riding the wave and he's doing it. And with huge volume, volume that probably isn't conducive to winning, but had two steals, and everything's really good for him at the moment. I still think it's a massive sell high, but it could continue at a solid level for three, four more weeks easily. Jalen McDaniels, love it until LaMelo comes back. 19-7, and seven, a triple one, 36 minutes. Longer term, I don't see it, but short term, I do. And how about your mate, Terry Rozier? 40 minutes, 54% shooting. Is he fixed? I don't know. Maybe, hopefully. 29-2-5 with a steal, three threes. It's bloody much better than we've been getting. And for all the hand-wringing, he's 50th over the last week. Hmm. Paul Washington Jr. had 12, 5, and 7. Rough shooting, 39%. Copped a hit in the eye as well. I think he'll be okay, but he never returned. And then the Nick Richards. Remember 20-minute Nick Richards? He had 9 points in 9 minutes, 30 seconds. So he had 2 points. No rebounds, no defensive stats. And this is why we can't trust it. He'll have a double-double in 20 minutes. And we go, oh, maybe, maybe, maybe he's taken over from the cockroach. And then... This shit happens, which makes you go, okay, no. Like Plumlee's got at least another month of starting and probably the rest of the season because the coach is Steve Clifford. 34 minutes for Plumlee, 13 and 11. Bad from the line, good from the field. It's Mason Plumlee. That's what he is. For the Nets, Kyrie was great. 33, 5 and 9 with four blocks. Imagine getting four blocks out of Kyrie. That's ridiculous. And Durant had 29, 9 and 8. And instead of being a good Joe Harris game, it was a good Seth Curry game. I'm pretty confident these two can't actually have good games at the same time. 20 points for Seth with three threes, while Harris had eight points in 31. But I don't really think there's anything to do here. Benny Simmons should return on Friday. Yuta Watanabe could also be back for that game also. He might... Actually, he's going to miss one more, I think. Um, and that's going to impact Curry and Harris and not make them 12-team league guys. Well, the early season surprise... Sorry, kids. What the fuck is this guy doing award went to Royce O'Neal. And now we're getting... Ah, uh, yeah, no. Nah, yeah, I remember Royce O'Neal. Three points on 17% shooting. He still had four assists, but one three... He's outside the top 160 over the last week. He's now outside the top 100 for the season. He's barely a top 120 player in points leagues. I think he's a hold, but I have seen Royce O'Neal play for so many years, and what he was doing made no sense. The shooting... Okay. In saying all of that, the shooting can be better than this, and I'm pretty sure it will be better than this, but I don't know how you're expected to be a serious team playing him 40 minutes a night. Like That's going to come down. And I think the assists, like, why would you run an offense through Royce O'Neal? And I think that we started to see that regress a little bit as well. So while he's been good and great value, we're starting to see things, you know, even out somewhat. 
Claxton played 29, had 14 and 7 with three blocks. Rough from the line. But you know what you're getting from Claxton. This is just what he does, really, isn't it? Nothing too surprising there. The next game, the Wizards and the Bulls. The Bulls get it, 111-115. Bulzingas hurt his ankle, went to the locker room, came back, played 35 minutes, had 28-9 and nine with two steals and two blocks. The Iron Man liveth. Never, this guy's soft as glass. You know, he's injured all the time. Soft cock, no heart, pee heart, pulled a heartstring, strained a vagina. He's killing it. 28-9, two steals and two blocks. Rough from the line, but he got there 16 times. Great, great free throw attempts. And we have to do it. I'm not even going to use the voice because Monty Morris was good. 17, 2 and 8, 37 minutes. Now this is absolutely directly proportional to Bradley Beal being out, but Beal's out. So Morris is the guy. Also, 39 Denny Abdu minutes, 10, 5 and 6 with four steals. That makes him probably a 12-team stream. Corey Kispert hit two threes, played 30 minutes. He's a stream, I guess. I think he can do better than this, but we know what he is. He's a points and threes sort of a player. Kuzma had 21, while the Dan Gafford-Porzingis crossover didn't go that well. It didn't go as much. Maybe that's better accuracy. 18 minutes, 10 and 3, one steal, two blocks, 100% shooting. That's still good enough to hold. Right? So if you did add him, hold him, and let's see where they go, because he was playing seven minutes a game. And now he's up to 18, 19, 20. 20 minutes Dan Gafford with Beal out is probably worth... It's probably worth a hold. Hmm. Goodwin did jack shit. Four points for him. While Farton will Barton. Is he just... He's cooked, yeah? No, you, Will! No, he's ready to sack that. Run, Will! Give it off quick! Um, six points, two threes, 18 minutes. He's bad. For the Bulls. The big fella. It's Bulls. It's big Bulls. Bulls is it. Bulls a bitch. 25 and 11. Two steals, two blocks, three threes. His best game in a very long time. That's great. He's been really struggling with a lot of efficiency stuff. It's just good to get a good game in. DeRozan had a trip to the locker room, but he returned 27-7-4. Well, Levine had 25-7-5. And, and Levine's putting together a couple of strong games after a really troubling patch where he couldn't get anything going. The efficiency was off. His knee was bothering him. This is really good. As for the rabbit hunter, Alex Caruso. Be quiet. I'm hunting rabbits. Um... 32 minutes, I think he's an ad, but it's not for points leagues, it's more for category leagues. Five points, four rebounds, nine assists and four steals. That's it, it's assists and steals. But in 32 minutes, there's enough of them to, for it to make sense. While Ayo Desumu played under 20 minutes, he had eight points. Wish I'd have stuck to my guns on Desumu. Oh well, that happens, doesn't it? You, gotta ch you have to change with how things are looking when he's getting played huge amounts of minutes. You gotta roll with it. And now he's not, because he's not that good. Pat Williams, 11 points. He's going to move back to the bench soon. You do not have to have him in a 12-team league. While Andre Drummond somehow picked up five fouls in eight minutes. And Derek Jones got some of those center minutes. Good win for the Bulls, but still some things that need uh, fixing, I would say, for that squad. The next game was the Thunder and the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies win it comfortably, 123-102. Shea had 26-3-7 with a block. And then the second leading scorer, sorry, third leading scorer was, of course, Eugene Omari who had 11 points, five rebounds, and four steals. He's had about three games this season where you've gone, huh, all right. And then he'll probably get assigned to the Oklahoma City Blue tomorrow. You don't do anything with that. Pokashevsky started because Dort was out. And instead of being either really good or really bad, he was really mid. So I don't know what to do with it even more now. 10-2-4 with two threes and a block. It's not bad. It's not trash. It's not great. 
I don't really know where it fits. I think he's probably a waiver wire guy, but geez, I don't know. Only 27 minutes for Giddy, 10 and 10, that's rough. Robinson Earl had 9 and 9, that's rough. The Bronco had 7, 3 and 3, it's rough. It was rough all around. Really just a bad overall performance from the Thunder. I still think Jalen Williams is a luxury stash. I think Robinson Earl is a back-end guy, but absolutely not a priority. And if you want to drop him, don't feel any guilt about that whatsoever. Giddy is probably a little bit of a buy-low, but this was just an ugly game right across the board. For the Wolves... Jamarant had 26, 13, and 11. Good percentages, good steals, good threes. It's almost the perfect Jamarant game. And Jaron Jackson only played 26 minutes. He was really low on usage. But that doesn't really matter when you hit two threes, you have 12 points, block five shots, and get two steals. He's been excellent this season. And I actually think he can get better. Dylan Brooks. Good game from Brooks. 24 points, 47% shooting, steal on a block. I don't think he's a 12-team long-term guy. But he is, for now, if you can deal with the inefficiency at times. While Johnny Concha, little John Concha, in fact, if I could find the sound. Yeah! Seven and four, two steals, rough night from him. Just, yeah, look, he's fine on the games they play with Bain out, but like it's it's waning a little bit. David Roddy Piper moved back to the bench, played 15 minutes. Steve Adams played 21, and that meant Brandon Clark could play 25 in the blowout. Good game from Clarkie, 17 and eight on 80% shooting, but it's blowout. So don't overreact. He's not playing minutes unless Adams gets reduced. That, that is really the equation. It's set in stone. Zoe Williams played 19 minutes, four and six with two steals. This is like 18-team league stuff. It's definitely not 12 or 14-team. It's 18-team league stuff, but it is just good to have Zaire Williams back and playing because we thought he might have been, have a good, have been able to have a good role today. Uh, sorry, not today, this season, but he was not able to do that because of injury. The Pistons and the Pelicans, 104 New Orleans, 98 Detroit. Um, where shall we start with Detroit? Let's start with some good stuff because Killian Hayes was good again. 32 minutes, 17, 6, and 12, two steals. He was on the waiver wire show as a guy you probably want to add and make sure he's rostered. You do. Only 24 minutes for Sadiq Bay. That's important to note. The 25 points is really good. The 5-3 is really good. The efficiency is really good, but only 24 minutes. High usage. I, I'm not a big Sadiq Bay fan. You're all well aware of this. What he's producing at the moment is strong enough to be a 12-team league player. But let's let's have an let's have a discussion about the $40 million man, Marvin Bagley. I don't want to say I told you so. And I am sorry, kids, for any offensive language. But he's not good. Is that offensive to you? This is. He's fucking terrible. Like, I know that's an overstatement. It's an overreaction. But he is not, in anyone's world, a starting caliber NBA player. I am sorry. And again, like when I talked about Lonnie Walker or Io DeSumo, I looked at this stuff and went, he's just not very good. But what he is doing is so far above previous numbers where his efficiency was up and he was getting these minutes. He had zero points in 20 minutes. He had two rebounds. And of course... The man has never seen an assist in his life. He had zero steals. He had zero blocks. He missed all four of his shots. He is putrid. He is putrid. And I don't know if this team... Look, they will probably persist with him as a starting center because they are a badly coached and poorly run organization. But the, the answer's right here. It's sitting on the bench. It's so obvious. Duran had 12 and 13 in 27 minutes. He hit all five of his shots. He will be up and down. But you know where this team's going? Nowhere. Unless Duran does something, they are going nowhere in the future either. And Bagley, 
The only answer to the que- the only answer Bagley is is to the question who was the dickhead pick before Luka Doncic? No offense to him, not his fault he got picked too. Look, that's none of this decision making makes any sense. Now the big question is what do you do with Marvin Bagley in fantasy? The man who's ranked 130th in points leagues and now outside the top 115 in category leagues. Well, it gives me absolutely no pleasure to do this. Get that garbage out! He's bad, man. Look, he will be better than this. I know, I know that. But some of the time you look at little trends and you look at little things stepping up and you go, ah, oh, that's interesting. And you go, but I know he's bad. And I know he's going to get found out. And I know the coach is going to go, oh, God, what's wrong with this guy? And he's not going to be able to play him. I know that's going to happen. I just don't know when it's going to happen. And it might not have even clicked in here full time. So he might go back and have 13 and 12 next game and play 27 minutes. That, that can easily happen. But when you just want to, in general, just make the make the call and think about it. Like, does this guy help winning basketball? The answer is clearly no. Like, he, he, I know, I know, and I, I have nothing against him. I, know, I didn't like the way things were handled in Sacramento in general. I just think he gets put in positions where this is not how he should thrive. Like, this is not the player he should be. Isaiah Stewart had 10 and 4. Like, that's okay. It's fringe 12-team stuff. That's about it. As for, do you add Duran? Well, do you have faith in Dwayne Casey playing him more minutes than Bagley every night? I don't. I know that I, if, if I was coaching the team, that's what would happen. But I'm nowhere near coaching and I have no influence on what they do. So that's the problem. Like, Do you hold? Do you add? Do you sit on it? He's ranked 241st, Duran. Like, it's not like he's been great. And there are other centers out there, we'll get to the Utah game later, who might be interesting to pick up. But at some point, surely, surely something clicks. Jaden Ivey stunk again. If you want to drop him in a category league, do it. I think it's going to be two months before he's actually usable. 12, 2, and 0. 40% from the field, 50 from the line. He's a rookie guard. And despite what the myth that people will tell you, actually, guys, rookie big men, they take like three or four years to develop. That is not true. Rookie guards take the longest to develop. If a rookie big man is going to be good, and they are a high pick especially, that happens immediately. In general. If you want to generalize, rookie guards are slower to develop. Rookie big men are not. So it's going to take a little bit of time here for Ivy. Um, in a point league, I still would hold him. He can still generate the numbers. But in a category, he just hurts you in too many different areas to be considered a must-roster player, I don't think. But the Pelicans. Najee Marshall's actually been top 100 over the last week, and he did it again. 17 and 5, three threes, two blocks and a steal. Like you can 14 team stream him with Jones and Ingram out. While Trey Murphy, man, he's good as well. I think he's a must roster play even when they come back. We'll see what happens. 20 and 5, five assists, four threes for Ken Murphy. And Zion just had a casual 29, 10 and 5 with a steal and a block. Unfortunately, just 64 from the line. But he got 69 from the line. Giggity. He also shot um, 69% from the field. Balanchunas played 28 minutes. And Larry Nance played 29. Hold up. They played together. 14 and 12 for JV. And 29 for Larry Nance is really exciting. And we said we haven't really seen many close games from this team. It was a close game. Nance played 29. He had 5 and 9 with 2 blocks. Is he a rush to add player? Don't know about that. If you've got him, you hold him, clearly. But that's an interesting development. Dyson Daniels had 6 points with 2 steals. And McCollum, man, the bylow is massive on CJ McCollum. 8 points on 27%. Now, he's not playing well, and I don't think he's going to get anywhere near ADP, which is around 50. Might have even been 45 on some places. He's not getting to that. 
but he's better than this. He's the 306th ranked player over the last week, I think it is. Eight points, two blocks, 27%. It is a gigantic, gigantic buy low. Jose Alvarado hurt his ribs. He wasn't playing well before that. If you added him and chased the 38 points, you got two points in 21 minutes. Chasing does not work, usually. Let's go to the next one. The Bucks beat the Kings 126-113. Sabonis had a good game, 23-12-7 on 82%. While it was also a good game from Keegan Murray, but let me pour some water on the fire that is Keegan Murray. Now, there's no debate that this line from Murray is better than what we've seen from him recently. 15-4, three threes, two blocks, but still only 27 minutes and a minus 16. And it took 60% shooting to get there. I'm not convinced that makes him a must-roster 12-team league guy. We do know he's going to get better, but that's still not... It's not blowing me away. Harrison Barnes had 20. Cool. We know my stance on him hasn't changed. Well, Darren Fox, man, that uh, that sell-high window, like you didn't have your fingers through the on the door jam, it sort of smashed him off. 15, 2-2, two and two, 31%. Turns out he's not the greatest shooter of all time. He will improve from here, but look at him as a 35 to 50 range player, not a top 20 player, not a top 90 player like he currently is over this last little stretch of time. He's better than this. He's not as good as he was. Well, Kevin Herter has also cooled off a little bit. 13 points with three threes. Remains must roster. Not a great game from Malik Monk. Bad shooting, 16 and six, but I love the volume. 32 usage. Shot only 37%, but that, that's good. I, I do believe he remains a 12-team league player. For the Bucks, Yanni, 35, 6, and 7, 63 from the field. And can you believe it? 90% from the line. Huge. Drew had 31, 5, and 6. And Middleton, 29 minutes, 14, 6, and 6. After shooting 9% last game, 9. That's obviously much more improved. And Brooke Lopez didn't block a million shots, but had 17 and 9 still. And it was also a strong game from Grayson Allen. 10 points with two threes. I think he's probably more 14 team than anything. You can jack off Javon Carter, three points for him. Bob Portis, 7-5. and five. I wouldn't drop Bobby Portis, but I have been preaching this whole time that when Middleton comes back, I believe Portis will lose value. And this is only one game. And if Middleton goes down or Giannis goes down or Lopez goes down, Portis' value rises. So he's not a drop, but the value from where it was at 70 or 80, it's not going to remain there. Like he's going to fall outside the top 100, I think, as we um, as we move forward. Yeah, Javon Carter, I said 3-5-4. and four, He's a drop. But that was a great little run. From old mate Javon, but yeah, it's uh, it's done with those guys back. Game nine of the day, the Pacers and the Wolves. The Wolves win it, win it 121-115. All of the Pacers were back, and then Jalen Sticks Smith was out. By Just an extra thing to um to add on to the Jalen Smith experience. Shit games, good games, high minutes, low minutes, and now injuries. Like, is it worth holding on through a sore knee? Probably not, realistically. Probably not. Halliburton was back, just had 26-2-15 with three steals and 64%. Miles Turner was back, just a casual 23-7 with four threes and four blocks. Andrew Nempard has played 32 minutes. That's what we love to see. Now, obviously, the production was muted. Seven, six, and three, two steals. But he still had 18% usage. He only shot 30%. If you added him, and you should have, I would hold him. Budrick had 26 with seven triples, while Neesmith started in place of Smith and had nine in 33. He is not a 12 or 14 team league guy, Neesmith. Isaiah Jackson remains absolutely a luxury hold. And what I am hearing on the paces is that it is unlikely that Miles that Turner gets traded. Now, that could obviously change in a minute. 
but I'm hearing that it is unlikely that he gets traded, meaning the luxury stash of Jackson luxury stash of Jackson doesn't really seem like it makes sense. Now Turner could get hurt. Even when he did get hurt, he didn't Jackson didn't start, or he could get traded. But what I am understanding is that it is not likely to happen. Also, absolute stinker from Benedict Matherin. 14 and 5 doesn't look like a stinker, but it is when you shoot 31% on 16 attempts and go 50% on six attempts from the line and have one assist and hit one three only. He is outside the top 300 over the last week. He's now outside the top 180 for the season and he's outside the top 125 in points leagues for the year. I think I would hold him in a 12-team points, but in category leagues, he is just too empty and too inconsistent to have as a must-roster guy. I would probably have him over Ivy in category leagues, but I think they're both abs... And if you've got both of those guys, I don't think you can justify holding them. There's no way I would justify holding both Matherin and Ivy. They are just, at this point, empty stat shooting guards who really lack efficiency consistency. And that's a killer combination for rookie guards in fantasy. It has been... I had this stat at one point. I think it, in the last like 10 years, as a pure shooting guard player, there's only been one rookie who'd ever cracked the top 100 in the last 10 years, and it was Donovan Mitchell. Like, that's the only guy. Everyone else, Anthony Edwards, Jalen Green, like who are much better prospects, can't, couldn't do it because of the absolute lack of everything else in their game. And I reckon that's where we're at, where we're at with those guys. Speaking of Goose, Anthony Edwards. Um, 35 minutes, 26 points, nine rebounds, eight assists, and six steals. I think he's had like 20 steals in the last four games or three games. This is, he's a top 10 player over the last week. That is just a huge line. And because he fixed his free throws, 90%, maybe. It looks like it. Also, Rudy Gobert, 16-22, three steals, two blocks. And this is, again, it highlights the importance of really understanding contexts. Someone asked in one of my shows today, I said, man, what do I do with Gobert? Do I drop him? I can't deal with him getting benched like he has been. Like, that's not what happened. He got ejected in one game and he had fouled out in 22 minutes in the other one. But if you look at it and you go, man, 22 minutes, the media is telling me how bad the Gobert trade is. He just must, he must suck. So therefore he got benched. And I try to provide all that context around this stuff on this show. But if you just look at box scores, sometimes you don't get that. 16 and 22 with three steals and two blocks. D'Angelo Russell's hot streak continues, 28 points with four assists. And Jaden McDaniels, 12 points, two steals, two threes, two rebounds. McDaniels remains a 12-team league guy. Now, they started Kyle Anderson, and really early in the game, he banged knees and then didn't return for a while. He only played 22 minutes, seven and four. That's obviously not very good. I would still hold him, though, um, while Gobert is out. Also, while Towns is out. Naz Reed, with Gobert playing, unsurprisingly, played only 12 minutes. You do not have to have Naz Reed. He was added in so many leagues. In fact, I would suggest that just way too many. Look, Using our advanced roster percentage metric, 37% rostered. That is people chasing the stats and not understanding context at all. Wow, that is a huge number. What on earth? Jalen Noel, 14 points in 26 minutes. Good points guy. Good points scoring guy for categories. And we know that there's ups and downs in the rest of his game. But that Anderson situation, I think it is worth, worth a squat at this point. Before we get on to the next game, just an update just came through on Des Bain. It's shit out. They said he will, he might be back in three to four weeks weeks if his toe responds well to rehab. Him and Isaiah Stewart had the same injury on the same day. Stewart's been back for 10 days. This is bad news for Bain. Now, what it means is that um, Lil John Concha, his minutes are going to stay up. Yeah! 
and he's going to keep teasing us with you know seven seven and seven lines, which make him look good at times and bad at others. It's going to mean that someone like Zaire Williams has a chance. He played 19 minutes in his first game today to push up into a larger role. Now, I might add Zaire in 16-team leagues now, maybe 14. And I would keep John in a 12, maybe. That's just bad news. And it also means Dylan Brooks, his value stays high as well. But you've got to be able to punt the field goals. But he's going to get tons of shots. He's going to get lots of minutes. Really, really bad news, though, I think, for Des Bain to be out at least another three to four weeks. All right. Did you see the end of this game? <laughs> the Jazz and the Warriors. Go watch it. Go watch the end. Pause this. Go watch it. Just watch the last minute. 20 seconds. Crazy. Utah wins at 124-123. That a Malik, a late Malik Beasley three to get them within one. The Warriors had the ball. And the Warriors turn it over on the inbound pass. And then the Jazz get a dunk with a second left from Simone Fontecchio to win the game. Right, crazy. Anyway. The Warriors were without Steph and Wiggins, who's going to miss the next couple of games. Wiggins won't play Saturday. Steph and Draymond probably will, but maybe not. Jordan Poole started 37 minutes, 36-4-8. He's getting back on track. It helps when players are out. Obviously, is it a bit of a sell high for, for Pooley, who's inside the top 40 over the last week? Maybe. Clay had 22 points with three blocks, 32% shooting only. He's been playing much better of late as well. While they didn't start John Kaminga, he played 30 minutes, 24-4-2 with a triple one on 77% shooting. And I think with the fact that he's got a matchup against Tatum and Brown on Saturday and Wiggins will be out, that he might get 25 in that one. I don't know that that makes him a 12-team stream, but it does make him a 14-team league stream. The Big Ragu had a good game, DiVincenzo. 7-9-7 seven, and seven with three steals. That's a very DiVincenzo sort of line, but his value is tied to the absences of others. While they started... For God knows what reason, Jermichael Green and Ty Jerome, they did absolutely nothing. And Kavon Looney had 7 and 8 in 29 minutes. But it, we did get the return of Blunty, James Wiseman. I'll tell you where he is. He's going to be back in the J League real quick. Because in a game where Green, Curry, and Wiggins don't play, you play five first half minutes, you're going back to the J League real quick. It wasn't that he was uh, terrible. Three and two in five minutes. It's not horrific. But there's, Kerr just doesn't think he makes sense on their team. They gave him a chance with everyone out, and Kerr said before the game, hey, when we're healthy, there's no minutes here, so he'll go back to the G League, and that's what's going to happen. People still roster him in 12 and 14 team leagues, and they should not at all, remotely, not even close to rostering him. I don't even know. No, that's bold. I was going to say, I don't even know if he's a dynasty rosterable player. I just think he's really quite bad. I still would hold him in dynasty. But the Jazz, well, well, well. Walker Kessler started, played 24 minutes, 10 and 12 with five blocks. The five blocks are sick. Now, there we heard that he was starting and he wasn't replacing Markkinen. He was replacing Vanderbilt. But what Will Hardy said was, hey, because we lost a seven-foot small forward and we're putting someone small in there, Beasley, we wanted to get more size in at the five. So this change is not, ne not necessarily something indicative of what we will do permanently. And I say, okay. I also say... But maybe Kessel's the better option anyway. So I added him where I could. I will see what happens with this. He could very well go to the bench next game. But one thing I feel pretty comfortable about is that Jared Vanderbilt's not must roster. He's not a drop. He's not a must drop player, which very rarely exists. But he's also not must roster. If you're going to get benched just for team balance and your production's been... Yeah, it's one good game, but up and down otherwise. 
at four and four in 24 minutes, that doesn't make you a must roster player. I think I'd rather have Kessler. Could be wrong on that, but I like what Kessler does. I like what he looks like out there. I like the movement and rim protection. He was really good today. What do you do with Colin Sexton, the Padawan? Pinged his hammy. 17 points in 27 minutes. I think it's going to be pretty clear here. Conley will be back next game. Sexton will miss 10 days minimum, would be my guess. And then he'll come back to a marginalized role. To me, if you want to get out ahead of it and make a move now, I think he's droppable. He's been solid enough with Conley out, but not blowing the doors off stuff. He hasn't been dominating. And I think that this confluence of events makes him a drop. Olenek had 15-3-5. Clarko had 22-4-9. Good game from him. Well, it was a good game from Nikhil Alexander-Walken. We don't get to say that very often. 11-7-4 with three steals and three threes. And keep an eye on this. Like, he only shot five times, but keep an eye on it. Because if Sexton is out, which we assume, and Conley is out next game, then Alexander-Walker might have to start and be a streamer. Fontecchio, he got 18 points, career high. Only played 20 minutes with Mark and now hit three threes. Don't overreact to that. While... Lottery pick, sorry, let me rephrase that. Terrible lottery pick, Oshai Agbaji played 24 seconds and registered no stats whatsoever, but just an unbelievable win again from the Utah Jazz. One other thing on Jordan Clarkson, he did get ejected at the end of this game and not the incident, like, yeah, fine for ejection, but he did actually look like he pushed a ref. So there may be a suspension coming. I should have mentioned that a bit earlier. So just watch that for Clarkson if he does happened to cop a suspension. I'd imagine it would be one game if that is what they, in fact, uh, think that he did. All right, so, yeah, thought this one might be the game of the day. It wasn't. Boston, it, it was just a destruction. 125, Phoenix 98, and it wasn't actually that close. It's probably more like a 40-point victory. The Celtics were without Horford, so they started Blake Griffin, who had 9 and 9 in 22 minutes, and I don't really know how much we take out of this game. Luke Cornett had 12 points. He had two steals and a block. Brogdon had 16 in 19 minutes. Derek White had 7, 2, and 6 with three steals, but only 18 minutes. I think that White and Brogdon will become 12-team drops when Rob Williams returns, but this game doesn't tell us that necessarily. Grant Williams was 100% shooting for 14 and 6. I don't think he remains a 12-team league guy. Tatum had 25, 5, and 2. Jalen had 25, 7, and 3. They just killed him. 4-4-6 four, four, and six with four steals for Smart. Honestly, just a game that I don't think we take much out of this for fantasy. Even on the Sun side, look at their top performer, Josh Okogi. What? 28 points in 23 minutes. Four threes, seven rebounds. And that's three good games in a row from Okogi. Now, I don't believe it for a second. Garbage time helped. 35 usage is comical. Eight of 10 from the line has no way of being real. But I can't deny that he's had three good games in a row, so I've got to pay attention to it. It's only a deeper league ad, but I don't really care. Chris Paul returned. He had 4-4-4, four, four, and four, the shout-out Moses Malone. 24 minutes only. Stinking, but at least he's back. And that means that we can jack off Cam Payne. Get that garbage out of here! 12 points in 16 minutes. I don't think I've ever seen Mikael Bridges have a worse game. 4-3-0, 17% shooting. A little bit of a cold streak at the moment, Mikhail, outside the top 100 over the last week. Booker had 17-5-3. Torrey Craig had 11-3. He's a fine 12-team ad, Craig, but the upside's low. And if you want to cycle through blokes at that position, go ahead and do it. And remember, we said, hey, DeAndre Ayton's been really good. Is it because Chris Paul's been out? Well, I don't know that, but this game definitely doesn't tell me that that's false because 
Paul came back, Aiden had eight and seven on a 18% usage with no blocks and no free throw attempts. Like, it's another data point to say, yeah, Aiden doesn't play as well with Chris Paul there. It doesn't mean it at all because it's a weird game and it's a complete blowout and shit's just all over the place. But it definitely doesn't dispel that theory that Aiton's value rises when Paul is out and it falls when Paul is back. We will have to monitor that over the next couple of games. But honestly, I don't really know how much we take out of this because it was an ass-kicking straight away. The lines of the night. Now, I don't think they even talked about this guy's line earlier in the day, which is... Bad for me, considering it was the best line of the day, and that's Julius Randle. He had 34 and 17 with five assists and six triples. Eight of eight from the line and 53 from the field. Absolutely fantastic stuff from Randle, who's closing in on the top 50 this season. He had a real rough start to the year. The shooting numbers have been better. This is really good. I'm sorry for not mentioning it earlier. The waiver wire line of the night is Mo Wagner. I want to say he's an ad, but I don't know if I trust it. I don't think it's a wrong move to add him, though. The young gun is Quentin Grimes, really solid 14 team league guy. I'm not doing it for 12s, but he was good today. And the dud of the night is Mikhail Bridges. It was just, it smelled. I could smell through the screen. Top 10 players in category leagues for today. Number one was Randall, then Halliburton, Irving, Sabonis, Edwards, Antetokounmpo, Morant, Vucevic, Durant, and Gobert. Your top 10 players rostered in under 50% of leagues. Wagner of the Mo variety. Terrence Mann. Now, Paul George is playing again tomorrow. So that reduces Mann's viability, but he's at least a stream with three games on. Quentin Grimes, good 14-team ad. Najee Marshall, 14-team ad while Ingram and Jones are out. Tom Bryant, no. Only if Davis misses. Seth Curry, I don't, don't trust it at all. Alexander Walker, if Conley's out next game, I'd add Alexander Walker. Akogi, I, I don't know what to make of it. Johnny Kaminga, maybe a stream for Saturday. And DiVincenzo, probably not. Top 10 players in points leagues. Randall, Irving, Morant, Edwards, Halliburton, Gobert, Vucevic, Antetokounmpo, Porzingis, and Pascal Siakam. And that'll do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on Odyssey. On YouTube, please comment, please subscribe, please ring the bell, and please thumb it up. Guys, we're done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.